Welcome to the Inner Source Podcast, hosted by the biggest brain in Maine. Well, certainly the biggest head, it's Saucy Dad. Hello, beautiful people. What's going on? Welcome back to the Inner Sauce Podcast. On this lovely Wednesday afternoon, I have missed you guys. I know you have missed me, so I won't even ask. Today's episode is brought to you by Steve's Stuffers. Steve makes the highest quality stuffer on the market. With Steve's Stuffers, you could enlarge the frontal region of any of your favorite pairs of jeans, perhaps a favorite swimsuit. Any of your legwear that you would like a a confidence boost while wearing, Steve Stuffers is for you. Um, For more information, call 1-800-STEVES-STUFFERS. Now, spoiler alert, Steve Stuffers is not a real company, although it sounds like a brilliant idea for... uh, an entrepreneur somewhere in the world. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Saucier than ever. <clears throat> uh, but no, so, you know. That could be your company. Not Steve's. Stuffers. I mean, unless you're into that sort of thing. Unless you see a, you know. Unless you feel there is a um, a market there. Perhaps there is a problem that needs a solution, and I just happened to stumble upon it. That's on you. However, for any of my business owners out there, small to large and everything in between, I am um, certainly interested in advertising your business and your or your services or whatever it might be. Um, and bringing, bringing some people on board. If that is something you are interested in, all of my contact information is in the description of wherever it is that you're watching this. Get in touch with me and I will get in touch with you. Giggity. Oh, brother. How's everybody's 2023 going thus far? I've missed you guys, man. I've missed you guys. Haven't talked to you since before the holidays, since before the New Year's. Um, Yeah. Little uh, pretty hectic couple weeks. And... um, yeah, but we're back, man. We're back. We're back. Hope you guys are all doing well. Oh, brother. Um, Yeah. What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> I 
I, I do think I have, um, I think I talked about this briefly, one of the uh, episodes before we took our little break. I think I have Saucy Mom convinced to come sit beside me here and uh, indulge in some conversation. Today I was thinking about Actually, not today. I've been thinking about this for a while now. I've been thinking about competition. Competition. And the reason I started thinking about competition, since you asked, you know, I... I try to be very self-aware, self-observant. I try to catch myself in unhealthy habits or thought processes, not like physical health, because Lord knows I know what I need to do there. It's just a matter of, <laughs> it's a matter of doing it, but more the mentally the mental health aspect of things. I try to, you know, I think a lot of people do try to catch myself in poor uses of energy, misplacement of focus, fun things like that, right? And knowing myself, and knowing how deeply I feel about, about life, about what, what we as human beings have done to the human experience, right? We've talked a lot about that on this, on this show. And, you know, knowing how I feel about all those things, because I, I know me pretty well, um, I, I, I found myself really uh, puzzled and thinking deeply about why, why am I always so invested in sports? Right. Particularly for me personally, football and racing. I am a I am a fan of car racing. It's been in my family since I was old enough to have memories. I've been on pit crews of family members, race car teams, um, traveled all over the place with them as a tire guy the assistant to the tire guy, more specifically. I was young, all right? Give me a break. I raced snowcross and motocross. I think you guys have heard me talk about. Actually qualified for the Winter X Games one year. Me and my cousin both. Played football for 11 years. So, I, I get pretty invested. Emotionally. And a lot of people do, all right? I'm certainly not um, unique 
in that way by any means. But I, I was just kind of puzzled by the whole thing. Like, why, why do I have this gut wrenching feeling, right? About the materialization of our world and the misplacement of our time, our oh so fragile clock that we all have. Um, why do I, like, why am I so passionate about these sports, you know, racing and football for me? Now there's people that are into all the stick and ball sports. There's people that hate all the stick and ball sports and are only into racing. There's people that don't like any of the above and love wrestling or love UFC or bowling or foosball or checkers or cards or poker or arm wrestling, um, man, talent shows, spelling bees, uh, good Lord. And, and I, uh, I just started going down this rabbit hole. AKA my, my brain. So it's a pretty shallow hole. All right. It's more like a, it's like a rabbit, like a, a rabbit pothole. Okay. Leave me alone. But seriously, I I was trying to kind of figure out myself in that moment. Like, and this is, like I said, this is something I've been thinking about for a while. Why am I, you know, it's always been so hard for me to buy into this artificial system that we're all wrapped up in. Yet, I I, I am so nervous before bigger games towards the end of the football season. So nervous, like physically nervous. It's all like I was playing the game, literally zero exaggeration. Same with racing. You know, there's a couple guys that have just been through it with injuries, fought so hard to get back on the bike and get back up to speed and you just want, I just want so badly for them to have success, partly because of their road to where they are, and then partly because of all of the criticism and hate that they get, unwarranted, by the way, on social media and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I have these people that I really pull for and that I looked for or that I look to, I look to good Lord, talk much. So I, I have these specific people that I look to for inspiration, for, you know, whatever it might be. Inspiration. And I get I get so into it, man. I get so into it. I really do. <laughs> I'm, you know, 34 years old. And it's been the same since since I was old enough to understand the concept. Since I was old enough to to know what I was watching, I have been invested. Um And it just kind of made me think about the history of competition. And, you know, we've also been talking a lot about gender. Because, you know, who isn't talking a lot about gender, right? 
But yeah, we've been talking a lot about that. And it just kind of, man, my wheels were going and going and going. Like I said, I've been thinking about this on a regular basis lately because playoff season, blah, blah, blah. So it just kind of sparked these uh, brainstorm sessions for me. Like, why? Why do I? It's not like a choice that I make, a, a conscious decision. You know, just like just like the res the resentment <laughs> towards the material stuff is not a conscious decision. It's the same with the sports. It's it's the same with how into it, how invested I get. <clears throat> it's not a conscious decision. So I really started thinking about the root of competition and how, you know, it's this, uh, it's like a cliche joke as old as time that, you know, the guys sitting in the recliner watching football and the women can't stand it and blah, blah, blah. And man, there's a, there's a lot to that. You know, the more I thought about it, the more I really, and not, not just me, you know, it's not like I cracked some code or whatever. This is just. Uh, the, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. So it kind of led me to uh, researching a little bit and doing some reading about, you know, what is the earliest examples of competition amongst humans and things like that. And you know what's funny? <laughs> it's almost like the uh, the universe was playing with me. I Google searched the history of competition every single article every link every everything was about business competition every like everything i had to go so far down the uh <laughs> the internet library if you will to find what i was looking for it's all, it was all about business. I just thought that was kind of funny. Kind of ironic. Don't you think? Um, so when you, you know, when you really start thinking about it, I feel like, like a lot of other things, sports, any, any form of competition, right? For me, it's football. For you, like I said, it could be so many things. Think about, think about the list, the list of forms of competition on this, on this uh, Wednesday afternoon in 2023. Think about Think about the options that you have if you want to compete. I mean, you could go see who can eat hot dogs the fastest. You can see who can run faster, throw things, pick things up and put things down. You Like, who can climb ladders the fastest? We have turned everything into a competition. And it's not by accident. It's not... It's not for lack of reasoning. There's a reason behind it. We are starving for competition. 
I don't remember when or which episode, but it was recently that we talked about the absent or the absence of the hunt. Right? I went on some tangent as I normally do. And I think it's very similar to that, but different at the same time. I think as men, (gasps) the gasp, the gasp heard around the world. Yes, as men, you know, the the humans that have the, the little dangly thingies. Steven's Stuffer's Best Customers. Or perhaps... <laughs> perhaps Steven Stuffer's Worst Customers. Ah, <laughs> oh, let me get off of that before we get in trouble here. Um, as men, we've been competing since the beginning of time. I mean, you think about way back right like like the very beginning before we could communicate and you know just we have no idea what we're doing we're just kind of the only option is to compete right two guys two guys one zebra you know what i mean somebody's whatever Competing for food, competing for a mate, um, competing for shelter, competing for whatever, whatever, literally whatever, right? Since the beginning of time. And I feel like that the reason that I so easily get really passionate and really invested. And I am far from alone. I am certainly in the majority here. Some people stay disconnected and, you know, live such a fast paced life in the, in, 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 in whatever it is that they do, right. That they don't really have time for it, but I guarantee you, if you go through your, your every activity for the last four weeks i guarantee you are competing at something it might be your job you might be your your drive might be to do it better than somebody versus just doing a good job or doing your job or whatever you might be consciously thinking about doing it better or faster than somebody i guarantee it that's what we are right that's like we are competition that's why everything is a competition because even today everything at our fingertips zero need to ever leave your house you really don't even have to get out of your chair if you set everything up (laughs) if you set everything up adequately um yeah man i just find it kind of fascinating because it Immediately, I had that realization like, yeah, it's, it's, it's primal. It's, it's who we are. It's what we are. 
you know? And I think, now granted, there are amazing, uh, incredible female athletes because they are very capable and, you know, just like any, anybody, when a human being sets their mind to, to being or doing something, I'll be damned if they can't or aren't capable of accomplishing that, you know? So yeah, there's tons of women's sports as there should be. I think, you know, I think it's awesome. My daughters both play basketball and soccer and we try to get them to try everything, do it all, you know, at the very least it can help you further your education. If that's the road that you choose, you want to go down. It's all a competition. And as much as we've lost touch with our, as much as we've lost touch with um, humanity in, in the literal sense, as much as we've lost touch with the ability to and I mean that, the ability, because it's just not a choice anymore, but the ability to live life, you know? As much as we've lost the ability and lost touch with all of those things, competition has never gone anywhere. It looks different. Obviously, so much of, <laughs> so much of the mainstream sports are all about this materialized, like it's all about money, right? It's, it, it's all about money, but at its core, the reason that these guys literally suffer and I look, you might think you work hard. You might think you put yourself through the ringer and more power to you. That is awesome. That is awesome because it only matters what you get out of what you do. I zero judgment, zero. I don't care. <clears throat> but what I can tell you from personal firsthand experience, always being athletic, never being scared to work my tail off, yet never, never seeing, quote unquote, that level anywhere near my reach. Like just a different breed of mentality. I'll give you an example. So one of the guys I was referencing earlier is a motocross racer by the name of Ken Roxon. Any of my racing fans out there, how you doing? This kid, okay, started riding dirt bikes when he was, when he was younger, started racing some big races or whatever. He was in the motocross of nations where your country picks a team of three of their best riders in the nation to compete at this motocross of nations. It's where all the countries come together. It's like, it's the Olympics of motocross. Basically he was on the team at 15 years old. <clears throat> he, <laughs> this isn't going to mean much to any of you. Those of you that understand it's, it's worth me saying 
he was on a 250. Okay, he was still on the in the lights class, they call it. He was on a 250. And in, at Motocross and Nations, it's a mixture. So all the 250 guys and 450 guys, it's one race. Now it's not one one race. It's a it's a three moto format. Whatever. I'm not going to get into the details. It doesn't really matter. My point is, he was on a 250 up against four. He won the race. He won his first ever <laughs> motocross of nations competition. All the best riders in the world, not the country, the world, the best of the best of the best of the best on the best of the best of the best equipment, right? 15 years old, won the race on a 250. Since then has just been a freak of nature on a motorcycle. Absolutely incredibly talented. Moved to America when he was 16 because that's our market is much more lucrative than anybody else's when it comes to motocross. Become an, became an immediate threat for titles, championships, all that stuff, right? That was 2014, I think. Won a bunch of races, super competitive, like I said, did really well. Coming into the 2017 season, he won the first three races, and I mean, the kid was off. He was on a brand new team, brand new bike, all that stuff. He was, he was, he was gone. Like this kid was about to take over and it was widely known and understood. It's his world and we're living in it. 2017 season starts. He wins the first two races. Third race comes out. It's about halfway through the race. He's in second place, I believe chasing down the leader like i said it's just kind of um the inevitable truth that he is going to win reeling the guy in super freak thing happens i'm not gonna explain it but it's so track was wet blah 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 so when he landed between these two jumps it sucked his bike down and just kind of flicked him into the air and i mean like three stories into the air ditched his motorcycle and just free fell from three stories and landed right on the up the face we call it right on the up ramp of the next jump almost lost his left arm should have lost his left arm um, it was only because of his will to come back from it that they tried so hard and did things that they really normally wouldn't do in an attempt to save his arm. But it was like it was gone. He, yeah. If you're interested in the details, I highly recommend you look it up. Um, it is a remarkable story. But here's a kid that, I, when I say worked his tail off, especially today, motocross athletes have always been 
extremely fit and just it's the only sport in the world that you use every muscle in your body. It's the only sport. It's the most enduring sport in the world. And that's a fact. More than track, more than swimming, more than you name it. It's the most physically enduring sport in the world because like I said you're using every muscle. Breathing, just just breathing is super difficult. It's a it's a learned technique to breathe because it's it's just a sprint um so these guys uh they're the best of the best right and this kid on top of the world in the blink of an eye on the back of a, a golf cart getting hauled out of the stadium almost has his arm amputated he shows up to one of the races like five or six weeks later just to be part of the, the media thing, just to kind of put his face out there and, you know, lift the spirits of his fans and things like that. Again, people like me, super invested, you know, his fans. It's really kind of weird when you think about it, being a fan. You know what I mean? I don't know. Not, but anyways, his arm looked like he was a robot because it was all held together with clamps and like I'm talking his elbow was gone. Like it was, it was one of the craziest things and he broke both of his arms by the way, but his left arm was completely disintegrated. Um, 364 days later, he was on the gate for the opening race of the next season. The the likelihood of that being possible, and I don't mean like, I don't mean, um, I don't mean his will, the likelihood of him being willing to do the work, because clearly he's proven all his life that he is. The likelihood of it being physically possible. He should, he should have never rode a dirt bike again, ever. And here he is, 364 days later, on the gate. The kid, He's already set for life, by the way. Pr- pretty important part of the story. Already set for life. Like, <laughs> his family is set for life. His kids' kids are set for life. His kids' kids' kids. If they do halfway decent with their money for the rest of Kenny's life, his kids, kids, kids will probably be set for life. Like, he's done very well. Let's just say that. And he, 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 he put himself through the, the closest thing to hell on earth that I could possibly imagine. And again, the day of social media, we see it all, right? As much as as much of it as you want to see, you see it all. Um. So since that day, I have been pulling for this kid so hard, so hard. And people say, you know, he just doesn't have it. He's not. 
He's not mentally strong enough. Like, you know, this is the world that we live in. I can't even begin to wrap my head around. <laughs> You're already wealthy. You have no. You have no need. There is. You can completely remove the necessity, right? Because the other part, you know, if you aren't wealthy and that is your profession, I mean, you better hope you can make it back because you have not learned any other trades. There's a 98% chance that you are uneducated because you didn't do any schooling after a certain, a very young age. Most of these kids are on a mobile, a mobile education program by nine years old. They're traveling the world competing because that's what it takes. That's what it takes to be one of the best by the time you're 16, 17 years old, complete and full dedication families mortgaging their homes and like the craziest of the selling their homes to live in an RV. Like the, the commitment, dedication and the suffering. I, I just can't even stress it enough. So I guess I've just never seen, and I've seen a lot of them, there has been many. You look in the NFL, you name it, hockey, whatever whatever physical sport you happen to be interested in, there is a story somewhere in its history of somebody that should not have been able to come back and did. And a lot of times it's somebody that had no necessity to come back. Yet they suffer. I'm talking seven days a week, people. Seven days a week, do it, you know, you, you think you're P90X or whatever, you're a warrior. Okay. They will literally dominate you on any sort of physical course. That's just a promise. Like any sort of physical endurance course, UFC fighter, I don't care. It is absolutely insane. The suffering that these kids put themselves through in, you know, 110 degrees. Like imagine full out sprinting except you constantly forget to breathe in a hundred degree in 110 degrees with a helmet on and boots that, you know, the ankle really doesn't bend. Like it's just, it's insane. Right. And the dream is to win championships and become a superstar and, and compete. The dream is to be the best. You want to, you want to dominate your competition. That's the dream, you know? The money's part of it. And that's what, while I was thinking about all this, that's where I really went, yeah, you know, every single sport. I mean, at the beginning, the money is very important because like I said, it's 2022. It, unfortunately, if you're going to dedicate yourself and your life to a profession like that, you have to secure you and your family's financial future before the stress is really, you know, mitigated. You have to. So the money is definitely 
a big part of it at the beginning. But there, there comes a point, there comes a time in all these athletes' careers where ah, 10 million bucks, I don't really care about the 10 million dollars. And it's not like they're billionaires, you know? It's, that's a huge amount of money to them also, especially Supercross and Motocross. That they don't get paid anywhere near what they should still. They make a lot of money, but nowhere near what they should. They don't care about the $10 million. They, they want to win. They just want to beat everybody else. They literally want to not lose. They just want to not lose. Now, Kenny went out on top of the world, went out known as the best at what he does in the world. Now, he could have healed up and lived a great life. Probably got right into media, made really good money calling the races and blah, blah. No, nope, nope. The second he got out of that hospital bed, had to learn to walk again, for God's sakes, because he had been in it for so long. There's a few videos online. I highly recommend if it's, you know, if you're into inspirational stuff, go look up Ken Roxon comeback story. They're short, like five minute videos. And, you know, if you're squeamish, just kind of beware. Because, like I said, it is wild. So then you start thinking about the fact that he, yeah, he made it back to the gate. Cool. Awesome. What a story, right? No. No. How about the fact immediately winning races, second place, third place, competing for championships every year since he's been back, since 2018. Still one of the be undisputed best at what he does in the world, on the globe. One of the fittest, st strongest athletes in the world. Pound for pound, of course. In the world. And he was never supposed to be able to come back from that injury. That is, that is how deeply this... This desire to compete is rooted in what we are, in who we are. How wild is that? He had no necessity to put himself through what he is, as I speak right now, he is suffering somewhere in Florida. He is on a track or in a gym or on a, uh, uh, a bicycle absolutely suffering. They wake up every morning. Now, it's a pretty, um, their, their regimens are pretty well-known. It's, you know, like I said, social media. Same thing with any sport. If you really want to know what these guys do to prepare, you could find out. 100-mile um, bike rides, first thing in the morning, or... Uh, can't be 40 miles. I think it's 10, a 10 mile run. All I know is the numbers will make you sit down, really think about your life for a minute <laughs> and quickly realize, man, I could be doing a lot more than I am. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And it's all the desire to compete. It's all the desire to compete, man. 
I mean, everything I've ever done, I want to be the best at it, you know? I want to be the best at it. And I think you start talking about depression. When you start removing more of these things from our lives, the ability to do these things, I mean, we're, you know, we're a horse without a, without a field to run in. We're, you know what I mean? We're just not able to serve our purpose. Like we're a, a dog in a cage. So obvious, I mean, yeah, mind starts to race. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? It's just a misguided missile at that point, you know? So of course, we call it depression. I call it just lost, confused, no idea how or where or when to apply yourself, you know? It's just kind of wild. It's kind of wild. So his story, it just so inspiring, so inspiring. And um, yeah, man, I, (laughs) this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm transparent. I live in New England. Okay. And, uh, one of the most, the, I would argue, outside of presidents, probably the most, Um, what's the word? Oh, I can't think of the word. Polarizing. Probably the most polarizing human being, Tom Brady. And it's so wild to me, like... You want to talk about a desire to compete without necessity. This dude, I mean, he's been playing for 15 years without necessity. And you want to talk about suffer. It's not on the level that motocross is, but these guys suffer, man. These guys suffer. And it's so funny to me, the national media storyline. And I mean, the guy's wife, I still don't know about this. I think they were, I think they were, um, separating i i just i don't believe the narrative that he chose football over his family that that goes against every single character trait he has displayed for the last 23 years you can't be in the public eye for 23 years and your true self not come out at some point right people just refuse to believe that he is who he's who he appears to be i'm sorry i i have a lot of trust in my judge of character this dude is about as genuine a human being as you will ever find. I, I, I will, unless I hear it from his mouth, I just can't believe he chose football over his family. There's just no way. And also his wife or his ex-wife now, also a complete sweetheart. Absolutely would never say, Hey, it's me or the game. Like what? They have three kids together. They have a beautiful life together. There's just no way. Absolutely no way. So there was something, something else went on, you know, um, but the media is going to do what they do. He chose football over his wife. Blah, so whatever. And it's so funny to me that he gets the, 
it's just so funny to me that he gets the criticism that he gets and everybody is rushing him to be like, you know, are you going to retire? You man, I mean, my own, I have people in my family. I mean, he, sh- he should have retired by now. I mean, come on. What's he doing out there? He should. Are you serious? He's <laughs> can we, can we think about this for a second? He's 45 years old. He gets six months off a, well, five months off a year. Can you tell me what man or what woman wouldn't want for her man to be retired by 50 at the very latest? And even up until then, all of his working years, he's got five months off a year. Oh, and also you are stupidly wealthy because of his career. Really? Why, why, why rushing it? Like, this is what I'm talking about. He has this desire to compete and it's about as raw as an, it's about as raw an example as you can find in human history. I mean, the guy is worth re you know, to say money isn't the reason it's kind of a duh, you know, the dude is worth a ridiculous amount of money. And yet he suffers. He puts himself through it every year. And he just wants to win, man. I I mean, the look on his face after a loss, especially one like Monday night, as bad as that was. I mean, I had real tears coming down my face. Literally. I almost do now. Like, people don't realize how inspirational guys like that are, people like that are. That have no business accomplishing what they've accomplished. No business. And it really just makes you look inside. And I mean, the belief that that gives people, you know, I look at my son and I really try to get him to like, you know, I don't ever want him to copy anybody or feel like one person is the end all be all. You know what I mean? But there is absolutely things that you can pull from. Absolutely. I mean, when you see these guys crying their eyes out, extremely wealthy, grown men bawling their eyes out for either winning or losing. I mean, that's real. That is human nature. That is our very essence showing itself on national television. That is as raw. That is as raw an example of what we are that you can find that moment, that moment that that clock hits zero and the example without any words spoken, no words spoken, the example right in front of your face of defeat and victory. Oh my God. Like I just love it. Oh, I love it. And I've always loved it. And, you know, with Tom being from New England, we were terrible. (laughs) We were terrible. And I was, guys, I'm 34, okay? I was 11 years old sitting on my couch with my grandfather. And uh, I think it was actually on a Sunday. So my dad, my grandfather, my uncles. I was 11 years old. I was my son's age. 
I was sitting on the couch, my son's age, when our quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, got hit by a choo-choo train named Mo Lewis, and on came the field, jogged into the huddle, this scroggly little gangly kid, Tom Brady, number 12. I was 11, guys. Went on to win the Super Bowl as, like, I mean, the details, it's just all so remarkable, you know? We had no business doing anything that season. None. We were 14-point underdogs in the Super Bowl. Go find another spread like that ever. And that's getting away from the point of all this, but... I mean, it's just all so inspirational. It's all so, it's really not against the, or getting away from the point because the point is within, within that realm of competition, within that same desire to compete is all these different emotions being doubted, being the underdog, being the favorite the defeat, the victory, all of those things are present. They all happen in that little three-hour window on a Sunday. They all happen. So here's this guy that I have seen do the impossible, do the absolutely impossible. And I feel like, man, I literally feel like I'm part of the team, as I know so many millions of people do, right? Those of us that really get invested in it. And it really feel it like feel it feel it and a lot of that is because i have used i mean if i'm being honest tom brady ken roxon those two guys i have pulled so much inspiration from those two dudes over my years and when you're talking about tom brady guys i was 11 i am 34 years old he just lost the playoff game on monday night He just won his seventh Super Bowl two years ago at 43. Impossible. Impossible. Had the most completions in the NFL this year at 45. Impossible. Except it's not. I just watched it happen. Again and again and again and again. This guy just shows you. You don't think you can? Why don't you think you can? All you have to do is think you can. And you will. <laughs> I mean, he, he's shown me that for 23 years. Like, this dude walked on the field as my quarterback at 11 years old. Yeah, my quarterback, damn it. At 11 years old. I'm 34. And I had tears running down my face because I just don't know. Is that the last time I will ever see him lead an offense? You know, or or it, an entire team of men. The competition is all those things that I mentioned from football to foosball, from hockey to air hockey, from ice skating to you name it. All of those things is competition. But guess what is also competition and always has been? War. War is competition. That's exactly what competition is. War is war is competition at the. War is the grossest display of competition.
I don't know, man. Um, I would love to hear what you guys think about that. I would love to hear all of your thoughts on, on the topic, because I just think it's so important. It's so important that we, that we keep a direct line to these things that make us what we are. Goes back to the absence of the hunt and competition, man. The, we've turned all these things into sports not for no reason that's our deepest like it's part of us and it's because of all those things that come with it like you got a grown it doesn't it's not going to change his life if he wins or loses that game i mean it looks like he just watched a family member pass away and i'm being dead serious i mean go look at his face when he's talking to the press after the game it looks like he just lost a family member this guy has won more than anybody ever, ever. And double it. Literally, actually. They were playing against the Cowboys, right? Cowboys have been a team since I don't even know when. Tom Brady has 35 playoff wins. The Cowboys have 35 playoff wins. The the the, the franchise. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just it's it's a story. And it's, it's been a journey that I have gotten so much from on a, on a character front, on an inspiration, a confidence, a, a, a self-belief front. I, I just can't even begin to articulate it. I really can't. I really can't. Um, I truly hope he decides to give it another year because the worst thing is the worst outcome to all this, and this just happens to be a, a very appropriate example because of the timeline, but this goes for all of us, man. Don't let anybody, don't let anybody stop you from doing what you desire to do. I, I have a lot of resentment in my heart for stopping the competing that I was doing because I was doing so well and I was doing a all of it on my own, you know? So I, I still, and I'm very conscious of that. I do my best to kind of let it go. But the fact is, it's there. It's there. It's a scar. It's scar tissue in my heart. I gave into that. I gave into that. That, um, and again, a lot, you know, in my, in my case specifically, and I think this is the case for a lot of people that run into this stuff. It was out of a place of love. It was out of a place of wanting the best for somebody, you know, same goes for Tom. I think a lot of the people outside of the media morons, the people in his family that are pushing him to call it a career. Um, it's out of a place of love. You know, we just saw a guy two weeks ago, almost die on the football field during a, completely routine tackle like a tackle that i've personally made in my 11 years probably a thousand times the tackle that i saw happen in front of me probably two thousand times a tackle that happens every sunday for as long as football has been a thing i don't even know a million times like who knows a hundred thousand times he almost passed away so 
you got to think, you know, as his wife, as his kids, as his parents who are getting older. I mean, the, the dude's <laughs> the dude's son is in high school, man. <laughs> like, it's just, uh, it's it's been such a joy and such a privilege. And the way I look at it is this. With all these people that want it, won't just retire. So you're telling me if if Michael Jordan was still capable of competing at the highest level, you wouldn't want to see Michael Jordan strap him up again? Really? I know I would. How about Wayne Gretzky? Would you want to see Wayne? How about Dale Earnhardt? Would you want to see? I mean, really? Would you want to see Muhammad Ali and Tyson back in the ring? Like, guys, when it's over, it's over. Why the rush? Why the rush? He's 45. He's 45. So who cares if he's 46 or 47? Who who gives a shit? Who cares? When it's over, it's over. And you know what? When it's over, that just means that this thing that he loves with all of his heart is gone. And it will it will never come back. You can't, you know, make a comeback at 55 years old in one of the most physical sports in the world. You can't do when it's over, it's over, man. And he's still one of the best. So I just I don't I don't get it, you know? How lucky are you to not only make the money you do doing something you love, playing a kid's game, although very dangerous, extremely demanding, it is a kid's game, making the money that you do off of it, getting five months off a year, and at 45, he's being pushed to... 45? Do you realize how many people will never get to retire in their lifetime? Especially, I mean, retiring is like a thing of the past, unless you are wealthy. We're not going to be able to retire anymore. Nobody's going to be able to retire. He's 45. I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. The desire to compete, I think, is so essential to mental health, to physical health. It just keeps you alive, man. It keeps you alive. You know? When I, uh, I mean, man, I had to kind of pull myself back because I got super invested in um, uh, Madden, the video game. I hadn't played it since I was a little kid, right? I I got on one day and I had, when I was a kid, playing online and playing against people all around the world. That wasn't a thing. That didn't exist yet. So I got on and I, I tried it out. I played a couple guys. And now this has become a, you know, Kids are getting scholarships for esports, for being great at video games, um, because they are extremely difficult. The the mental focus, it's like uh, it, it's just like taking a super difficult test at a thousand miles an hour. It's very challenging, and I gotta tell you, it gets those competitive juices uh flowing. <laughs> I went from having no idea what I was doing because it had changed so much since the last time I touched it to winning, I don't know, I won five, six grand every year. Every year. 
I want a PlayStation 5 and 300 which is like a $1,500. I, I went from having no idea to fighting with the best of the, the best because I just hated losing. I hate losing. I hate losing. So I do wish, you know, as much as I resent the material stuff and the money and the blah, blah, blah. My love and my my desire to compete is even stronger than that. So, you know, I hate I hate sounding uh, regretful or, you know, I wish this, I wish that. I do not think that is helpful nor healthy. But if I if I have any regret, it is giving in to that push to focus elsewhere. When I, man, I, I really think I had a good thing going, you know, and who knows, maybe it wouldn't have worked out. Who knows? I know the year before I gave up on it, I qualified for the winter X games. You know what I mean? It's just the desire to not lose. It doesn't matter what it is. It literally doesn't matter what it is. You want to stack wood? Okay. There's your pile. There's mine. Guarantee you I smoke you. It's, I mean, you guys know. It's it's everything. We turn everything into a competition because we desire that so much, man. There is no more there's no more necessity for competition. Yet our need for it is still very real. It's still very present. I can't imagine the world without competition. I like it's not it's not possible because it's who we are and well we are the uh for now the controlling <laughs> we're the controlling species uh, on this wonderful planet that we reside on you know it, it's just not a not a possibility because it's what we are so i don't know man um i i think it's uh i think it's a beautiful thing I think it's a, it's such a beautiful thing. You know, that that guy that I just briefly talked about, for instance, DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, almost passed away on the football field. The very, he almost died. Like, he well, he did die. He did die. He was brought back to life on the football field on national television, given CPR for nine and a half minutes. Three days goes by with really no word from the hospital that he's in. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's awake. He can't talk yet because he has a tube in his throat. So we let him write down what he was trying to ask us. The three days in basically a coma, an an induced coma, but still. Three days in an induced coma with a tube down his throat in so much pain. He writes down, did we win? That is the first and only thing he wanted to know. Did we win? Dude. If that doesn't tell you it is it is literally what we are, then I don't know what will. I mean, did we win? Not, am I going to be okay? What happened? Is the guy that hit me okay? Like, is everybody all right? 
did we win was his immediate question. First place he goes out of the hospital, the, the, the organization, um, Orchard Park, the Bills Stadium to be with the guys. Like, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. You know, that put a scare into everybody. That put a scare into everybody. It put a scare into me because I immediately went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, I've seen that happen so many times. I, I have done that so many times. How is that never like, what was that? And then everybody goes to the vaccine and I have no stance one way or another. I don't, I didn't get it. My family didn't get it. None of us are going to get it. It just hasn't been a thing long enough for me to trust it. End of story. End of story. But what happened to that guy is actually a known, it is a phenomenon, but it is a known quick little story before we wrap up here. When I was in high school, my best friend, we both raced together, did everything together. My best friend was walking behind me down the hallway to class. We used to mess with each other, grab, he grabbed my hood. Okay. He's walking behind me. He grabbed my hood and eh, like pulled it backwards to choke me or whatever. Right. So I very playfully just kind of swung backwards, right? My hand, I didn't whack him or whatever. I just kind of went, eh, get off of me, you know? And all of a sudden I hear slam, bing, and people are like, oh my God. So I'm like, what? I turn around. He lost consciousness, passed out, smashed his face off of a steel door frame that we were walking through, collapsed on the ground, started having a seizure. Okay. Had a seizure in front of the, in front of everybody. All of a sudden came out of it, sat up, and then blood just started gushing out of his nose and broke his nose when he slammed his face on the, I, the same exact thing happened. That happened to DeMar Hamlin. It was the same thing. Barely touched him. Just like DeMar taking that guy on to his shoulder pads, by the way. Okay. You have to, you have to be hit. For those of you that are listening to audio only, you have to be hit like right in that little, that little center spot of your breast, your chest bone, your ribs, right? Your whatever. I don't know. Um, and, uh, the spot, the, the little button, if you will, is like the size of a quarter. Okay. It has to be contacted by something round, AKA a helmet. It has happened in baseball. It has happened in hockey because of the ball and the puck. And in this case, my story, it was my fist, my knuckle. It hit him perfectly. And the reason that it's a phenomenon is because the window in which that impact will cause that to happen. It's like the opposite of a jump start to your brain. The window is, I mean, we're talking a thousandth of a second. It has to be so perfect that that's why you never see it. That's why, I mean, it's happened, I think, four times people dug up during this you know, the whole world was at a standstill waiting to see if DeMar was going to live. And during that time, they're doing all this research and blah, blah, blah. Four times before this. Four times. How long have has baseball and football, like, 
How long have they been around? You know? Four times. It's a phenomenon, but it does happen. It does happen. <laughs> so, just to put everybody at ease, it is a thing. It is a very real thing. Now, you know, I, like I said, not taking a stance on the on the vax, okay? I'm not an anti-vaxer. I'm not a vaxer. I'm just I'm just a dude. All right? I'm just a dude. Now, I guess I'm an anti-vaxer cuz I didn't get it and I'm not going to get it. But uh I don't know. There's still too many questions, but again, I don't know, man. It's just that whole And I got to tell you, when he sat up and blood started pouring out of his head, like I thought I just killed my best friend. When he was laying on the ground having a seizure, I, I was like, I have no idea. It didn't even seem like a possibility to me that it was my hit that did that to him. I thought something else happened. I thought he like, I thought he was, a, as I'm watching him seize, I'm like, oh my God, he wasn't messing with me. He grabbed on my hood to hold himself up because he was passing out or something. Nope. Pulled on my hood to mess. It was my hit. It was the same exact thing. I, I saw it with my own eyes. What happened to Damar Hamlin happened to my best friend via my fist. Absolutely crazy. My, I mean, I was so scared. His parents came in. I was crying. They started like we were all laughing by the end of it because they saw how horrible I felt. And, you know, we were basically like brothers. We spent way more time together than we did apart. We just, um, he was, he was my buddy, my best friend. So they obviously knew it wasn't malicious. It was just a completely freak, freak thing. And, uh, you know, he's, he's actually a good example of all this. My buddy, he, he had awful asthma. I mean, really, really bad asthma and racing was what he, he, hated stick and ball sports couldn't even watch them zero interest however go race motocross where you literally can't breathe because of the dust and the dirt that you inhale i'm like literally mouth full of dirt by the end of a race because it's wide open the whole time so you can breathe um you know he has some scary moments in relation to his asthma but absolutely never stopped him he wanted nothing more than to be on the gate. So that's what he did. And we went really far with it as far as we could with the time that we were allowed, you know, um, the desire to compete, the desire to compete outweighs our desire to live. Believe it or not. I, well, I mean, I believe that it's not that it's, outweighs our desire to live it's that our desire to compete our desire to compete makes it okay that there is a possibility we might not survive it that i mean it sounds irrational and wacko to say that but it is one million percent true back to motocross i mean look so many sports indie car racing like um, uh, motorcycle racing, not motocross or supercross, but street bikes, crotch rockets, we call them. I don't even know the real term. <laughs> They've always been crotch rockets since I was a little kid. Thanks, dad. Um, 
But I mean, look at those guys. I saw an accident with one of those guys the other day. He barely screwed up and just got ejecto cedoed into the atmosphere, like at 230 miles an hour or whatever. And he lived. And guess what? He'll be back on the bike very soon, he said. The desire to compete, man. These guys, motocross, they're, and I, I mean this very, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not trying to exaggerate. Very literally, all day, every day, they are risking their lives. I mean, you never know. You never know. A motor seizes up on the face of a 90-foot triple. Like, you never know. Absolutely never know. A bolt breaks. Literally anything could happen. And that goes for motocross. That's just where my firsthand experience is. That goes for so many. I mean, drag racing is super dangerous. IndyCar, crotch rockets. Um, I mean, you name it. There's just something so exhilarating, so primal. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm back to primal. There's something so primal about competing. And, uh, it's very, it's very present in us when we're younger, you know, the more I sit here and kind of talk this out, it's very present in us when we're younger. And then we have to join the system. You know, if you're not a freak athlete or if you don't come from money, whatever, your window of being able to really pursue that is very, very small. So we we lose it, you know? Once we're kind of thrown on the hamster wheel, that desire to compete, it's all, you know, that flame can only burn for so long before you start finding things to attach to. Live vicariously through your favorite football player, through somebody who has an incredible comeback story who fought all the odds and succeeded and, and beat it. I'm watching one guy on Sundays beat Father Time. I'm watching another guy beat the odds, you know? It's it, it's extremely inspiring. Um, and I just think it's so important that we that we don't lose that, you know? Whether, you know, sometimes injuries happen that you can't come back from. Quick little example. One of the guys that I'm talking about, actually Ken Roxon, he switched to uh, Team Suzuki this year to try to bring them back from the dead as a manufacturer. And this one of the kids that joined his team had a ferocious accident at the practice track, okay, where they put in 100 laps a day, one little mistake, dislocated his hip, Broke his back in like six places, um, collarbone, tore the ligament off of his thumb, absolutely mangled, like mangled. They they had to they had to hire a private jet to fly him back across the country because he can't get it. You know he's in a hospital bed. He is bound to a hospital bed for who knows how long. Um. And yet, his main concern is, will he be able to race again? It's not that he is still not out of the woods as far as being alive. (laughs) 
his main concern is being able to race again. Like it's literally what we are. It's our, it's, I don't want to say it is our purpose, but it's so, it's such a big part of our purpose. And I think because what is competition, right? It is, it is challenging ourselves. It's, challenging ourselves to grow it's challenging ourselves to to think um to out execute somebody to out desire somebody to prove that that we want it more than you i'm willing to hold the throttle on six feet longer than you are today you know i gotta tell you getting old the, the little nostril hairs, not a fan, man, not a fan. Okay. I'm getting to the point where I could almost braid these things. Not a fan. All right. So if you're watching the YouTube video and you see me itching my nose like crazy, no, I'm not Johnny Depp. All right. I just got a little, uh, shrubbery growing in my nose. Okay. So leave me alone. All right. Back off. <laughs> or we can arm wrestle. All right. I mean, I'm, <laughs> oh man but i don't know i just you know so i think that's why it's so important that we and i get it man i get like i said i get it a lot of times no matter how much you want that like for my kids my there's <laughs> There's a very short list of things that I could realistically compete at at a high level. You know, I think I'm pretty much down to, well, video games. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, there's always, there's competing with yourself. There's competing with the stopwatch. There's competing with the scale. There's competing with habits and all that can all really become a competition if, if you do it that way if you can find a way to do it that way certainly not easy right certainly not easy but it's not supposed to be man neither is disintegrating your entire arm and coming back to still be one of the best in the world not one of the best in the world with a disintegrated arm one of the best in the world period i mean how bad do you have to want something to conquer that and here I am, you know, struggling to eat right. I mean, and that that's that is exactly what I'm talking about when I say inspiration, um, knowledge, what Tom Brady has taught the entire not just football, what Tom Brady has taught the entire world about self-preservation, about keeping the um oh, I always forget the word pliability, the elasticity to tendons and muscles and all that. That is so, that's what goes wrong. Like that's, that is so much to do with aging. Oh, I'm sorry. That is, that is such a big part of the downside of aging or the, what is, what am I looking for here? That is some of the earliest symptoms of aging. There we go. Is, you know, your joints and, this and that hurts and you don't have the, you know, you can't, uh, you don't have the flexibility and whatever else he has literally taught us. 
He's playing NFL football, dude. At 45, I have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. I mean, that's that's just the truth. He has taught the world how to self-preserve. I mean, everybody wants more time. Some of us don't realize that till it's way too late. But time is the name of the game, you know? Time is the name of the game. And I think competing just, man, if you do it the right way and you don't, you do it, you you follow that desire to compete, but you do it free, freely, you know? You follow that desire to compete, but you do it freely. You don't, don't get hung up on results. Don't, uh, and again, you know, if you are competing correctly and really giving it the desire that it requires, it's going to hurt when you are, when you do face defeat or a loss, it hurts, man. It hurts. Nothing taught me more about taking an L than my 11 years in football. I'm trying to tell you, man, the, the, the bond, the social skills, it's so, it's so much deeper when you're talking about team sports. Okay. This is kind of a little branch off of competition. It's so much deeper. But I just think above and beyond all that, the lessons that you can learn when you do take that loss, when you do face defeat, you, 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 it's almost like um, learning how to process grief. And I, <laughs> you might think that's extreme. Okay. You might not be able to buy into that, but uh, it's, it is the truth. My friends, it is the truth. It is the truth. And that goes, you know, competition is, uh, is kind of a, there are, there's so many things that we do that are a microcosm of competition that when you, you put so much time and effort into something and then it breaks or it fails or it doesn't work, or you have to start all over again because it didn't come out the way you thought it would or the way that you intended it to that even if it's just for a moment it hurts <laughs> you know it hurts that l hurts man that that quote unquote little fail that hurts and it's supposed to it's supposed to because because it meant something to you you know and i just think I don't know, man. I don't know. We're getting a little long-winded here, but uh I just think it's such a fascinating topic. I really do because even in this hectic way too fast-moving world that we live in now, competition is still at the heart of everything that we do. Whether that be good or bad, comp it's Everything we do is competition. Everything. Very few activities have zero competitive 
characteristics to them, you know? School, you're competing to be the best. I mean, you just, literally, you name it, man. It's pretty crazy when you really start to think about it. So, I just know what something like football taught me. And, uh, you know, my son, those of you that are new around here, my son was club-footed when he was born. And he recently went through a growth spurt, which happened to perfectly line up with COVID. And that was just such an awful combination because he's growing, he's going through this really big growth spurt. And I didn't even realize how much it was <laughs> until now that we, you know, we can compare. It's pretty wild how much he grew, but he started this, the, um, he started this growth spurt right before quarantine hit. And even if I don't believe in that or whatever, it does, that well, that doesn't put the doctor back in the doctor's office. So quarantine hit, no leg doctor. He actually ended up quitting. Okay. And again, we live in Maine. You don't live in California. There's not a doctor every on every corner. Two years until there was somebody he could go see. Two years until we could get him to somebody. And by then, he needed casting again, like hard casting again to fix his legs because they had started to go back inwards so drastically. Right now, today, he's still in braces. Um, and because, you know, he's never been able to play football. He's never... He's played soccer a few years. He did some running and stuff. But the more he grew, the worse it got. And then when COVID hit, it just went from, like, he, he completely changed how he walked and all that stuff. Because, you know, that's what we do as human beings. We compensate for deficiencies, right? But I, I'm just so, like, I it makes me emotional to think about it. For one, this is why I struggle with uh, certain belief systems because you take all credibility away from the suffering and the sacrifice that he made to get back to where he is. So I, I'm not going to credit that to anybody or anything other than my son. He went through all that. He put in the work, you know. Um, medicine um, is so incredible. It has come to a place where at 11 years old, and as bad as his legs were, he didn't need any surgery. They fixed it with casting. And he had to be super disciplined with his braces. And, you know, it took a, it took a lot of effort on everybody's part. His mother, myself, him, definitely, most importantly, him. But the doctor... Um, it took a lot of effort to get him to where he is. And, uh, you know, he's finally at a place where I think four, three or four weeks we're going to see about his braces and how much longer he needs them. Like, he's coming to the end of this. So I told him, the second that you're done with them, you and I are starting a, a football train. He wants so badly to play football. I mean, he loves the game. He just wants to play so bad. He's always talking about what position he would play and this and that. And the kid, you know, he's one of those kids that he's way stronger than he realizes. 
So I'm very anxious to whip him into shape and just kind of, you know, it's like, it's like any, any little kid. I don't have some big, crazy dream or plan for him. I just want him to experience it before it's too late. You know, he's already 11 years old. I started playing when I was seven, I think. He's got plenty of time, luckily. But I really, it's so important to me that I get him out there like this upcoming season. And that's going to be really hard, really hard. But I think, again, once I like my dad could with me once i find that that switch to unlock his competitive juices in him there nothing'll get in his way he there is no doubt in my mind that he will work and put in the work necessary to to be able to compete this year and you know he's 11 it's not like he's trying to make the nfl so <laughs> but still you don't want to go out there unprepared is uh you know it's embarrassing it's embarrassing to be you know you guys know what I'm getting at, but uh, that all goes back to competition. It all goes back to how bad a defeat feels to human beings because it's what we are. It's who we are. It's what we are. All that jazz. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so anyways... I, I would really love to hear what you guys think about that. You know, what did, um, what did sports do for you? What's something that you wish you would have stuck with or tried that never did because of somebody else. And again, if you're talking about 10 years old, you couldn't play a sport cause your mom wouldn't let, well, you know, that's kind of out of your hands unless you're Adam Sandler, you know? Water boy, people, come on, get with it, Bobby Boucher. But uh, yeah, you know, what's something that you wish you would have stuck with, or given more effort to, or believed in yourself a little bit more, or just not? If you were at an age where you could make your own decisions, just not listened to the exterior noise or pressure. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear your stories. I really would. It's, it's a very, I could keep talking about this for so long. And the more I talk about it, the more, <laughs> the more it really becomes clear in my mind. It's just who we are, man. It's what we are. I've always, always loved competing and I, I never want to lose that. Cause I think it's such a powerful tool. It's such a powerful youth tool, right? Such a powerful way to, to remain as young as, as you can during the aging process. <laughs> and it just, not to mention the, uh, the mental part of it. You know, we didn't even really talk about that, but man, there's something so incredibly powerful about, about attempting a competition that's way up there in difficulty and winning. 
and be become and coming out victorious. It's uh, it, there's something so primal about that. It's so, man, it, that that's a really hard one to even put into words. I don't know that you even could. I really don't know that you could. Not appropriately, anyways. It's just so, man. Yeah. What a feeling. What a feeling. I mean, I I don't remember like hardly anything from a certain age and prior, like most people. But I have a memory of this football game that I played in. Man, I could not have been nine or ten years old. Championship game under the lights. And I I've I'm pretty sure yeah, I was a quarterback. I was just running keepers and I mean, there was a few times I took a quarterback sneak. I was telling my son this and he's like, what? Seriously? How'd you do that? (laughs) But but there was a few times I took a quarterback sneak 70 yards, (laughs) which it's not exactly the intent of that play. But I mean, you know that I remember that stuff because that's, you know, that's how important it is to the soul, to, to the mental health. To all that stuff. It's, yeah, man. The more I really think about it and talk about it, it's just, uh, it's a really beautiful thing. It, it's perhaps one of the most beautiful parts of being a human being, of just being alive. The ability to compete, the preparation process, the desire and the will, overcoming adversity. Oh, man. It's pretty incredible. It's really incredible stuff, you know? I, yeah. I don't know. And then you talk, you know, we didn't even get into the whole fandom thing, really. I touched on it, but I think a lot of that is just, it's a bunch of guys, a bunch of girls, a bunch of people that had a really deep desire for something that they didn't get to follow through with. They weren't able to pursue that. So then you end up living, oh, I guess we did talk about this a little bit, huh? but yeah, you end up living vicariously through these people or, you know, like Ken Roxon's story, you find these guys along the way that their adversity and their approach to their challenges or their, you know, their fight inspires you and helps just helps you kind of connect the dots enough to to win some of your own battles. You know, whether or not they are related to competition. Sometimes that can just be a- anything. You know? I, uh, I definitely pulled from Ken Roxon when I was um, towards the end of my, my addiction stuff. You know? I really did because here's a guy who had no choice. Like the pain would have, it it was dangerous to be in the amount of pain that he was in. So he needed pain medication. And so many of us know when you're on that crap for a certain amount of time, it's just the way it like, there is a, there is a withdrawal process. There is a withdrawal 
um, experience at the end of it all. So I, I, I absolutely pulled from him, you know, here's a guy that not only had to conquer these unimaginable difficulties and challenges, but then he had to do like this thing that I'm struggling with. And that is controlling my life. He, I mean, that was just like a little speed bump after his, after the mountain that he had to climb to get out of the woods. You know what I mean? It made it seem so insignificant. It made it seem so conquerable. When so many places I looked, so many people I talked to, it seemed so insurmountable. It seemed no matter what I did, you're telling me this, this is me for life. You're telling me this is who I am for life. I have to, what do you mean? I have to live every day as an addict. What are you talking about? Seriously? If I'm spending every day like this, I don't know that I want to be here much longer. You know, that that's real stuff, man. And then here's a kid <laughs> about the same age as me at the time. Well, yeah, we're about the same age. He's four years younger than me, about the same age. This dude just almost lost his arm, lost the ability to do what he loves more than anything and had to overcome this thing that I'm trying to overcome. Like that was just, that was just the last little step to his giant hurdle. So I pulled from that. I absolutely did. It was right around that same time that I called everybody I loved. Say, just letting you know, don't like who I become. I'm going to get some help. I did that. And, uh, in some funny way, it's all rooted in competition. Yeah. Well, there you go, man. We're back. We're back at it. Uh, again, big thanks to Steve Stuffers. I really appreciate the support, uh, for when you do become a real company, that is. I will be the first to try out the product, you know. We have a plethora of lovely beaches on the coast of Maine. I'd be more than happy to put the put Steve's stuffers on display and, and you know, see what kind of results they might yield. Uh and and, and who who those results come from is going to be interesting, you know? Is it a, a little silverback old guy with a Speedo on? You never know. You never know. Or is it his wife? You never know. You never know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, seriously, any uh, small business owners out there, anybody, anybody that would like to be involved with the show and help support and, um, you know, the reality is it's difficult to dedicate the amount of time that this requires. And I'm well aware and very much so new coming into it. There's a, a building process. Um, but yeah, man, I just, this is something that I really have a vision for. It's something that I feel like we can make a, 
a very big difference with. And uh, as the audience grows, as the as the ability to spread a message grows, I just think there's a lot of power to be had. And not not power in a sense of conquering, power in a sense of positive change, you know, affecting positive change still remains number one on my vision board. Create something. Create something that creates positive change now and when I'm gone. I just want to create a, a positive change machine. Something that... Yeah, I just want to help, man. And uh, if that's something you guys are interested in being a part of, you know, I uh, I would love to hear from you. So, again, all my contact information is in my in my links uh you can email me at nick bossy b-o-s-s-e dot services at gmail.com nick bossy dot services at gmail.com that is the business email and uh yeah man anyways if I'll promote Steve Stuffers, your business has a place here. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it's good to be back. I'll see you guys again next week or talk to you next week. And I look forward to it. So thank you guys for hanging out. Again, I would love to hear from you in the comments on your thoughts on competition. Any of your personal stories. I just, I just, yeah. It's a lot of fun for me to hear to hear the um, the self-reflection that I help stir up, you know, because sometimes that's all it takes for all of these topics that we talk about. Sometimes it just takes somebody saying something a way you haven't heard it said before to go, oh, now I get it, you know? I can't even tell you how many times I've experienced that myself. So I guess that's really... In the simplest form, I guess that's really what I'm trying to accomplish here. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, I think that's it. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I mean that when I say that. You know, people. Uh, people have people be there for each other man take care of yourselves and each other stay safe out there guys peace out my saucy fam pull it to do all my love do it i want i'ma do it forever yeah i want it on nothing less i can do what he do but i'm doing it better yeah. Mix match the chrome with Marjana. I can say what I want, I don't fall for the drama nah. New girl, California She be driving California She want me like the vaccine I made a check, didn't need no degree yeah, I yeah, prove yeah, my yeah. wrong, who didn't believe oh. Do it myself, I don't need no team no, no, I can't no, no scholar no, no. Hey, make me go farther You can say what you want, but I'm still unbothered Go down, get back up Do it all myself, don't need no